Good day and welcome again to all our listeners to this middle podcast. My name is Jim Nelson and for the next eight minutes or so, I'll be your host as we look back at Pastor Drew's sermon on the seventh letter to the churches in Revelation with the goal of expanding our boundaries in scripture as we dive deeper into the teachings of Jesus. I'm hopeful you were able to listen earlier this week as we explored Jesus's use of the phrase, knock and the door will be opened, or some kind of combination of knocks and doors anyway. In Revelation chapter 3 on Wednesday, we used a previous teaching by Jesus found in the Sermon on the Mount, toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, to look at the importance of our prayer life. In this episode, we'll look at another teaching of Jesus that is similar, but it's kind of cool. The roles are reversed. Let me explain. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' instruction is such that the seeker of the Messiah is the knocker. The follower is the knocker. You knock and Jesus will open the door right? That makes sense. We're familiar with that. In this episode's story, though, Jesus is the knocker. And if you'll recall from the church in Laodicea, that's exactly the context of the letter. Jesus is the knocker. Jesus is waiting for his faithful to open the door. This is a great story, so let me show you the similarities really quick. Revelation 3, verse 20 to Laodicea, look, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Now here's Luke 12, verse 36. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him, and him and this is Jesus represented in the parable. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. In our last two episodes, we've talked about repentance and then prayer, both of them being critical to Christian character and development. And today we'll introduce another topic, our posture, our posture when it comes to time as followers of Christ. So please take a look at Luke chapter 12 sometime soon. I'll summarize it in the short time that we have together today. So in this chapter, Jesus is teaching his followers about stewardship, stewardship, That's a good and fancy term that we generally don't hear about unless we are in church. But to steward something simply means to take good care of or to tend to. I'll give you an example that might give it some some more context, I guess you could say, from the industry that I'm involved in, the travel industry. Now, cruise ships have staff positions called stewards, and many foreign airlines call their in-flight crew, we call them flight attendants, but many foreign carriers call them stewards. What's the job of a steward on a cruise ship or a commercial airplane? It's to take care of or to tend to the passengers and their needs. I'm hopeful that gives it a little bit more context. So if you read through all all of Luke 12, we'll see Jesus teaches of the stewarding of the gospel, taking good care of the good news of Jesus. Next, he teaches about stewarding our money and possessions, and that's probably where we've heard it most often used in church. But the bottom line is not to be so preoccupied with accumulating things, but to use our possessions to meet the needs of our fellow humankind. And then lastly, and here's where I want to focus today, Jesus teaches his followers about stewarding the time that we have been given, time. Specifically, the time we're given as we wait for the second coming of Christ. In other words, while we wait, how is this improving our character? So how do we become good people who wait? Jesus gives us three ways to do that. First, it says, 
be dressed for action. Now, the picture the language is trying to paint, I guess you could say, is in having your robe tucked in and not flowing loosely. I don't know of too many people that go to work with a robe on. I I don't. I can think of a few, don't necessarily know them. But in our language today, we might say, say, be ready to work by rolling up our sleeves. The whole purpose is to build this idea of removing or tucking away those things that might hinder us or get in our way or distract us from our work. Hopefully that makes sense. Secondly, we are to have our lamps burning. No matter what, keep the lights on. Be prepared. There's nothing worse than being called into action while it's figuratively dark around us and we stumble and we bumble and we bump into things. That's obvi- that obviously would impede our readiness to act. And then lastly, be like people waiting for the master to come home from a wedding banquet. Here's where Jesus uses the knock on the door reference. It's verse 35. It says, Be like people who are waiting for their master to come home from a wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Now, what's all this mean? It has nothing to do with the marital status of the master or anything like that, but has everything to do with the mood of the master upon his return. It's going to be celebratory. It's going to be jovial. He'll have this festive disposition about him because he's been at this wedding. And it's important to know that weddings in ancient Israel were multiple days of ceremony, of dancing, of drinking and dining and just enjoying family and friends. They, they were a celebrated event. So, and if you want to see one, check out season one of the Chosen series on YouTube to just get a good representation or a good picture of what this looks like. Bottom line, the good servant or the good waiter, as we're describing here, will be focused and prepared and eager to immediately open the door when the master returns. Can that be our posture as we await the return of Christ, focused, prepared, and eager for his return? That's the expectation Jesus would speak of to the church in Laodicea. If we are, then Jesus describes this amazing blessing. Take a quick look at the end of verse 37. It says that when the master returns, he will dress himself for service and have the servants recline at the table. Get ready for an amazing feast, servants. This is going to be great. And Jesus will come and serve them. I like to talk about consistency in Scripture, and this is very consistent from what we know about Jesus already what he came to do during his first arrival. In Mark 10, 45, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And in Luke twenty two twenty seven, he adds, But I am among you as one who serves. Jesus displayed the importance of his servanthood as a human in his first coming. How blessed will his followers be when he returns again by displaying the same kind of humble character. Thank you for spending some time with us this week and join us again next Wednesday and Friday for two more episodes of the 8-Minute Middle Podcast. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Middle Podcast today. If you liked our conversation, please let others know and where they can find us. 